Welcome back to Songwriting Saves the World. This is season four, the business season. This season, you're going to get an insight on all things behind the scenes in music. We are talking to songwriters, A&Rs, publishers, and producers. We're so excited to be back and to be giving you guys all the real piping hot tea about the music industry. Woo! Let's get into it. So Carol Addis is an amazing songwriter and artist. She's written for many well-loved artists like Demi Lovato, Gracie Abrams, Fletcher, Zara Larson, Lauren Aquilina, and more. She also has her own artist project, which we really love. Um, and she released her debut EP through last year, which we literally love. We were actually just talking about it. Like, we just literally love it. So we're super excited to talk to you about writing and about music. So thank you for coming. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so before nice. we get into the in- before we get into the interview, we have an icebreaker question for you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you've been abducted by aliens, okay. and they want to understand music. What is the first song that you play for them? Oh my god! Um, <laughs> oh, that's such a hard. <laughs> wow! What's the first song I play to them so they understand music? Yes. Yeah understand music oh my god it's all in your hands probably like sorry by justin bieber like it just <laughs> right it's just so yeah. i understand that it's just yeah. good and then if they really want to and then you're like and then i would explain like who julia michaels is and then we would go down you know mm-hmm. what i mean it would really be the the yeah. tip of the iceberg I think that's a perfect path i think it's a perfect down. path yeah i do too okay that's my answer that is a perfect path <laughs> Okay, so would you kind of tell us about your musical journey, like a summary of your path through music and how you got to where you're at now? Yeah, so my path has been really windy and it still feels like it's windy. It's so funny. Like I was I was thinking <laughs> about this the other day because you never in like in the moment where you are in your life, you're always like, oh, I feel like, you know, I'm halfway to where I envision myself being, mm-hmm. but it it's mm-hmm. so... Oh, wait, there's a truck. <laughs> a real truck. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> You're all over okay. it. You're aware. I know. I'm like, wow. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, my path has been really windy. When I was in high school, I went on The Voice. Um, and cool. it was kind of a random thing. Like, I, I didn't really have many interests. I was kind of a kid who was just like whatever I'm here and like oh these are my friends Mm -hmm. I'm it was kind of like a passive experience (laughs) for me um Mm -hmm. and I really liked music but I didn't I wasn't like I want to be a writer I want to be a singer or I want to like move to LA I just literally didn't think about it at all and I would Mm. I would do these like singing lessons where I would write songs with this guy it's so weird with this guy that I met at summer camp <laughs> who was like 10 years older than me and me and my sisters did a karaoke night at our summer camp and he was the one who ran mm-hmm. the karaoke night and he was like oh I'm from New Jersey too I can give you guys like singing lessons it was like a, a side hustle that he had so me and my sisters okay, cool. for like six years this guy would come to our house and we would like write, we would essentially, we would have sessions, but I was 11. And so mm-hmm. I was just like, what, who is this like weird old man in my house wearing like <laughs> American apparel deep V's? He was really only like 20, 
23. <laughs> like he was not old. Uh-huh. But at the time I was like, this is so weird. But like, I'm not doing my sisters at gymnastics or um, like sports. And I just didn't really have a thing. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, this can be my thing. And I like to sing. And I like the way that like, I, I felt like I got attention when I sang. So I was like, okay, maybe that means that it's like something good, you know? Like just bef- before yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what you actually like, you're just sort of following like, okay, what does everyone else think I'm good at? Um, and then we made this mm-hmm. little EP um, in those sessions. And then I put it online. And then I just got an email about going on The Voice. And then I went on The Voice. Oh, cool. And after The Voice, wow. I signed a record deal. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. But then I went back to high school. Like, it was, it was pretty chill. <laughs> I was just like, I was 17. I was like 16 when mm-hmm. I got the opportunity. And then by the time it was over, I was 17. And then mm-hmm. I turned 18 and I signed this deal. And then I was like, oh, my God. I'm obviously going to be like a star. Like, they signed yeah, me to a record yeah. deal. This is so exciting. Everything's happening so easy. Whatever. Um, obviously the voice is like covers and things like that. So it, it, it was just Mm -hmm. a different experience and in no way was I like, this is what I'm like meant to do. I was still sort of just following the path that was in front of me and Mm -hmm. like learning what I liked about it, but I wasn't really, I I wouldn't say I was like in touch with an, like an artist self, even as a writer at all. Mm. And so then I went to college and I had this record deal and I kept waiting for them to be like, you have to move to LA to like be this big star. And they like never did. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they were in Canada. It was like a really, really small indie deal in Canada. Mm-hmm. And eventually I was just like, I don't want to be at college. I don't really know what I want to study. I feel really lost. And, but I have this music like thing in the ether that I can, Uh I can go to California. I can do sessions. Like, I guess I can do that. Mm -hmm. And so I dropped out of college and I moved to LA and I was 19 and I moved to LA and then I just had a, worked a bunch of jobs. like at a donut shop and I babysat and things like that. And I very quickly Mm -hmm. found that like, I just wasn't ready to be an artist. Like I felt really, I just felt like I don't want people to look at me. Like I don't like, that everyone is looking at my face. Like, that's really yeah, how it right. felt. I feel that. I was like, don't look at my face. But I also want you to say, like, good things about me all the time. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I want you to be obsessed with me, but I also don't want you to look at me because I am feeling insecure. Do not perceive me. Do not. Right. Yes. Exactly. But shut your eyes. Shut your eyes, but say you've never met anyone Avert like me. Your eyes, Correct. Please. And... <laughs> And it was just like, it was hard. I think I was just really insecure and I wasn't really sure what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And Spotify at the time was like just starting to become like the platform that it is. And Mm -hmm. I had this song, this like song that got turned into like an EDM thing, do really well on Spotify. So all of a sudden I found myself as an artist, as this like DJ track person, because I had this like little mousy voice. Hell yeah. And I was like, what is happening? It just felt so far away from who I was, but I didn't have any clear path towards who I was. So I was like, maybe I'll just follow this DJ thing. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't really know what I'm doing. It was really hard and confusing. And then I sort of fell into the songwriting community, like the label I was a part of Mm -hmm. um, is on their publishing as well. And so I had all access to these like, you know, things like a record deal and a publishing deal, but it wasn't, I didn't have anyone really telling me what that was or what that Mm -hmm. meant. Mm -hmm. So I kind of felt like I was, I was just like floating around trying to figure out what I was doing. And Mm -hmm. I found myself 
in sessions and the publishing company got bought out by Cobalt. And then I met this girl at Cobalt who became my like publisher essentially by proxy. And she just put me in sessions every day. And I was just like, oh my God, I have something to do. I have somewhere to go. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like an adult. I was in LA. I was 19. I didn't really have any friends my own age. Like I didn't, I didn't have those skills. I didn't know how to meet people. I didn't really know what I was doing in my career. I felt like it was cool to the kids I went to high school with, but I was in a whole different world now. And I had no like community and no structure. Mm -hmm. And for three years, I just said yes to everything. I just did sessions Mm -hmm. every day and I did two a day and whatever. And I think I just got better. Like I can really remember actually like a time where I was just like, wait, this is crazy. Like I'm actually getting better. And I feel like I'm falling in love with this. And now I'm using this thing, like writing songs as a coping mechanism. And the whole idea of like my purpose and my path really came together and and switched. Mm -hmm. And I think around that time, um, like three years in or so, I went through a bunch of managers and cycled through a bunch of people. And I kept trying to say Mm -hmm. like, I'm an artist too. And I want to be an artist too. And everyone yeah. Everyone was just like, you should just be a songwriter because, you yeah. know, you're good at it and people, you're friendly and people like you in sessions. And I really knew how to, like, make other people feel good. And I think that that is important. But if you're only making other people feel good, mm-hmm. then you have nothing for yourself. Yeah. And so it felt mm-hmm. a little bit like that. And then, um, sorry, my girlfriend's coming out. <laughs> She's going to say hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hi. Love you. Have a good day. <laughs> Love you. Um, and sorry, wait, I lost my track. And then you were, yeah. <laughs> Shay say, said you were talking about your massive success as a songwriter. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love you too. Um, but true. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> And then, sorry, you asked for a short answer, and this is why I'm so bad at these things. No, I, I don't know. Like I'm not giving Give, a sh- we love origin stories. Okay. Go for okay. it. We want to okay. know. So then I felt like I was getting better, and everyone was telling me, just be a writer, don't be an artist. And I had this idea in my mm-hmm. head that, okay, if you really want to be like the best at something, you just have to choose one thing. And you just have to do it all the time. And mm-hmm. that's it. Like mm-hmm. the idea that I could possibly like have all of these things at the same time just did not register and did not feel true. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. the pandemic happened. And at that point, I like things as a songwriter were really starting to pick up. Like my manager, um, I found a manager who really honestly changed mm-hmm. my life as a songwriter. I really owe so much to her. She introduced me to Justin Tranter and he's a songwriter too. Mm. And it was such a full circle. Mm-hmm. Like I remember being at college, being in the gym, like watching the music video to Sorry and being like, mm-hmm. I cannot believe this song. Like what is this yeah. crack? Like what? Who wrote this? <laughs> And I think at that point, I was like, wow, I discovered Julia. I discovered Justin. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like four years later, I had this manager who managed and published Justin and Julia. And I was like, wow, mm. yeah. I was like, this is crazy. So then I had this session with Justin and it was going really bad at first. And I was like, fuck this. Like, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm ruining my chance. And then and then it just ended up it ended up being amazing. And then he was like. He invited me into every room 
I could have ever dreamed of for the next year until the pandemic mm-hmm. happened. And then everything stopped. And I was like a little bit mm-hmm. scared because I was like, wait, what am I doing? Like, I don't have these big sessions happening anymore. Like it, everyone's going to forget about me. And that's when I really mm-hmm. um, realized that I was actually really tired. And like, I was giving so many of my ideas and so much of my story there to all these other things, which I was learning, like there's no guarantee that it'll work out. And the industry looks really mm-hmm. different than it did. in even in 2016, when, you know, Justin yeah. and Julia have their string of hits, like it's still possible, but I realized, um, oh, maybe my path is going to look a little bit different. And then I just started making mm-hmm. my own music and now I'm here. That's it. Wow. <laughs> I love that story. Yeah. Me too. I love all the different moments like in your story where you I mean maybe it doesn't feel like this in the moment but like from hearing it it seems like you really like took time to learn about what you liked Mm -hmm. and like I I noticed that I like this thing and I noticed that I have fun and this feels like purposeful or that felt like fulfilling and kind of like crafted your own version of what you wanted to be doing and I love that yeah yeah thanks that's such a great skill I'm glad you think that I think it took me a long time to understand that that's what was (laughs) happening at the time yeah throughout the process I was just like why can't I have everything I want now and why can't I of course yeah like raise my hand and find that confidence but. And you did also start super young. I feel like 19 being in the middle of mm-hmm. everything, it takes a long time to kind of like develop and figure out what you want to do with your life and what your path is. Mm-hmm. And LA is a scary place. It's a scary place. How old are you guys? <laughs> I'm 19 now. <gasps> oh my God. And I'm 24. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I'm 26 and I'm still like, what am I? What? <laughs> like, what? Help. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. I, I really have no idea. Um, but I think it's hard because when you're 19 and when you're 24 and even 26, you're like, I know everything there is to know about myself now. And, yeah, you know, like what else could there possibly be? Um Right. But there's a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. And then a year later, you're like, wow, I knew nothing. Yeah, you're like, (laughs) wow, I'm a fucking idiot. Like, walking around like I know anything. So, you write a lot for yourself, obviously, and your music is incredible. And you write for other artists as well. But what are some differences between when you're writing for yourself and when you're writing for other artists? And do you ever approach those sessions differently? I think... There used to be no difference. Like the songs, when I went, before I was putting things out, it was kind of out of frustration. Like my best songs were always songs that were like about my life and about my story mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. things that were happening to me. Cause I'm a very emotional person and a very emotional writer. Like if I'm not connecting mm-hmm. to what the other person is saying, I'm kind of just doing melodies. Like I really have nothing else to mm-hmm. give. Um, because I feel like my ideas come from an emotional place a lot of the time, mm-hmm. whereas melodies are just like, whatever. Um, they like I, right. they just like I don't know where they come from, but they're they always seem to be there. <laughs> um, but I think it's different now when I'm writing for me. I'm really writing a song that I can listen back to to walk me through what I am feeling. Like I, I really, mm-hmm. I think that's why not intentionally, but. Sometimes my style of writing has become a little bit like vaguer because I really want to have still specific Mm -hmm. in the emotion, but 
it's really important to me that I can listen back to the song. If it's like, feels like a special song that I can listen back to it in 10 years when I know I'm going to be having Mm -hmm. the same problem. And I'm going to think that I don't know what I'm doing, but I have this like tangible piece of evidence that is like, you know, you actually Mm -hmm. know exactly what you're doing. And, and to hear your own voice tell you what you need to hear is such a, that's so it's true. such like a superpower that I don't have regularly. Mm-hmm. And so I really like, I try and only make songs that give me that. That actually ties in well to our next question, which is about lyrics specifically. Like your lyrics, I mean, on all your songs, but especially on Through, like on your EP, are so like heart-wrenching. Mm. Like when I first like found... um your music when I first found your EP I remember just thinking like a like I never would have thought to like say that like that Mm -hmm. and b like but it makes so much sense like that that is exactly what I like would have been thinking in that situation or have thought or whatever it was Mm -hmm. so when you are writing lyrics and when you're looking at a line and you're like I want to make this better what are the things that you go about to improve a lyric to like make it hit harder basically if you're like this is not exactly what I want to say but I want it to be more specific or more emotional yeah I feel like in the choruses I really want to just say exactly what I need to hear like it is what it Mm -hmm. is and then in the verses it has to be true like I know I have like Mm -hmm. a little like pang if it isn't actually true if it like sounds good and Mm -hmm. sounds pretty and feels right to everyone else in the room Mm-hmm. Even if I'm alone, but I'm like, that's not actually how I feel. Then that guides me until I feel like, oh, mm-hmm. that really hurt me because that is exactly what I'm not <laughs> yeah. willing to say to myself out loud. But for some reason, I can say mm-hmm. it in this song. That's how I sort of like guide lyrics. And then I I just like saying sort of, I don't know. And then I like like to make it a little more edgy. Like I think about sex all the time. I like, I, I'm very, mm-hmm. I have a lot of, um, no intrusive thoughts that like I don't want to walk around or I don't want to shy away from. So sometimes mm. I sometimes I can get a little carried away where I'm like, wait, no, we have to put like choke me or something. Yeah, <laughs> and everyone's like, again, like, do we? <laughs> and I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah. So I'm working on that. Yes. But but I think it's just it's just <laughs> that like things that I maybe I'm afraid to say out loud or to myself mm-hmm. in private it's mm-hmm. like putting it in a song is it like almost doesn't count but it counts even more it's like the only place I can put yeah. it um yeah because I know that if I lie to myself in the song I will feel it and I'll never I won't be able to like live with that mm. so interesting okay yeah because there are so many lines like um the first thing that came to mind was like in Brunette Caroline. Mm-hmm. I think of like the line that's, it's embarrassing to be the one that doesn't have experience, I think is like a line in yeah. there. And I remember hearing that and then just thinking like, I could totally imagine like being in a session and someone being like, okay, basically what I'm trying to say is like, it's embarrassing to be the one that doesn't have experience. But then people would like mold it and like take away like the truth and kind of Water like it down. make it like prettier. Yeah. Type of thing. But then I just, I'm like, okay, but you just like said it. And I'm like, yeah, it is. Like that is how it feels. Yeah. Also like, how do you so, even yeah. water that down? That's the best line. That's just the best choice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. And I think also with like, I, I was thinking about this the other day because I'm working on this new 
project. And I was like, why is, why is this so like, why am I having so much fun? And why is it happening so quickly? And it's mm-hmm. like, you can almost talk yourself out of something when it's going well. And I was just like, oh, wow, I have been, you know, writing songs for seven years and mm-hmm. I have put in 10,000 hours, like really 10,000 mm-hmm. hours and written so many bad songs that now I get to make better choices faster and I just trust mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. Like, it's embarrassing to be someone who doesn't have experience. That's just what I was feeling and I was like, that's it and I'm not gonna, yeah. I don't, sometimes the idea of watering that down is like, how can I be a part of the experience and how can I use my mind and how can I, you know, mm-hmm. how can I be creative? Let me take every little feeling and be creative when sometimes just like feeling it and saying it out loud is creative enough. Um, and yeah. I just feel like all that time and that practice without knowing it has afforded me that trust to be like, that's just what it is. Mm-hmm. And we're going to move on to the next thing. Yeah. How long into Amazing. writing and like into your career do you think it took you to actually trust yourself and to like trust your instinct to be able to do that? Oh my God. Um, yeah, five years. <laughs> Nick's like, oh my God. I know. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> so like, sorry. Five years, I'll be. <laughs> yes. Are you guys, do you guys write songs too? Stop. You're almost at five years, Anik. Yeah, we both are writers. Oh my God. Yeah. I want to hear your songs. <laughs> you send me your songs. I would love to hear them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I would love to hear them because I think it's like, I think that timeline is probably different for everyone. I think we all have our own stuff. And I think your environment also mm-hmm. caters to that, right? Like if you're, in sessions with people you don't connect with, you don't feel safe to Mm -hmm. like connect with yourself. Um, Yeah, true. But yeah, I mean, I would just remember it being like one song where I was like, that's fucking good. And I'm Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna let anyone tell me that's not good. That is fucking awesome. And then from there, but I still have moments where I'm just like, literally, I have no idea if this is good. I can't tell and I don't care. So I don't (laughs) Yeah. Everyone has those days. Everyone. Keep going. Just keep going. So on the podcast, we talk a lot about a songwriter's toolbox, which is essentially just like little tips and tricks that you've picked up throughout your writing career. And Mm -hmm. it could be anything from like setting a voice memo during a session so that way you don't miss anything to like tips and tricks on how to create good energy in the room when you're writing. And we wanted to know three things you have in your songwriter's toolbox. Okay, number one is probably which is most important to me, which you can't, you just can't control um, sometimes. But I like to get a coffee with someone before I write with them because I'm really sensitive. And I've learned about myself Mm -hmm. that I really shut down if I'm not feeling connected. And Mm -hmm. I've had so many sessions Mm -hmm. where I have been like, feel really useless and feel really small and I just disappear. Mm-hmm. I just like go on my phone and I disappear and then I leave feeling mm-hmm. like, do they think I'm good? Am I good? What am I doing? I know it's so hard that when you're starting, mm-hmm. so much of it is networking, but I think there's mm-hmm. so much value in really like trusting and learning how to trust. Like that's such a big part of it. If you get coffee with someone, it's like dating. Writing is like dating. <clears throat> if you get a coffee mm-hmm. with someone and you're just like, I don't feel connected to you at all. How are you guys going to feel like you are allowed to make mistakes in the sessions and have bad ideas? Because you have to go through bad ideas to get Mm -hmm. to good ideas. You just do. And it's fun. Like you don't get, you don't get paid to go to sessions. Like it's not a feasible. Yeah. You don't make a living at first, (laughs) even after a while. Like it's really hard to make a living. And so you might as well 
work smarter, not harder in that way. So if you can get mm-hmm. a coffee with someone or FaceTime and just like practice trusting your gut in that space anyway, um, mm-hmm. that's really, really helpful. And then I guess my another one would be sort of similar to that. Like I used to think the more sessions I did, the the higher um, the chance that I have a hit or move up a level or whatever that mm-hmm. is. And I think there's vali- right. there's like validity to that in a sense. Like community is really important and being a part of the community is amazing. But also mm-hmm. like you can write a good song with someone that you trust and it can still find its way to those places. And you can mm-hmm. have a life that is not as like social and in the mix if that's something that you don't want mm-hmm. and still be a successful writer. And so that's more of just like yeah. a big picture thing to keep in the back of your head and then I guess one more tip or trick is I like I never thought about this I really like singing on an SM7 while I'm holding it while I'm doing demos Mm -hmm. because I just feel like I can feel the emotion when I'm standing up I feel like a robot Mm. and I do all my vocals like every vocal that has come out has been a demo vocal that I've been sitting doing so, huh. yeah, that just has worked for me. That's a good tip. Yeah, I love that. I like those tips. Very specific. Yeah. Useful. I feel like <laughs> I've been hearing more and more people say that, like, usually when they cut vocals the first day or when they do, like, a demo vocal, there's always, like, something special about it or, like, there's mm, something, mm-hmm. some like, the energy or something from the first day that you wrote it. Oh, my God, yeah. And then you try to, like, recreate it. And you're like, yeah. well, it's just not hitting the yeah, same. Yeah, and you don't have to. <laughs> like, people make songs in their bedroom all the time. And it, like, blows out. It just yeah. is. Yeah. It's just, it's it's exactly that. Yeah. So, Can't Say No actually happened after I was recording a different song um, during the pandemic with my friends Lauren and Marcus. Mm -hmm. And we were literally go. this sounds crazy actually, we were going inside to like put our cups away. We all lived together and we had a studio in a back house. And we Mm -hmm. were like going to just put our like lunch away and then go to our friends for (laughs) dinner. And we just like sat on the steps and then just like wrote it before we put our cups away. So it really took, it only took 20 minutes. It was kind of the craziest thing, yeah. So it was, it just like came out of us. And I think because Marcus was saying, I have to do this thing and I don't want to do this thing. And we were just Uh like, yeah, same, always. (laughs) Like, of course, (laughs) it's my life, of course. Mm -hmm. And we were just laughing at how we're like all such pushovers, Marcus and I especially. And, Uh And then we just wrote, wrote that song in like 20 minutes and then... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it was the first song that I was like, "I'm gonna finish that and put that out," and then it, the order mm-hmm. of releases came in a different way. But it was it was a really quick, special one. So that's how it happened. But I mean, the feeling has been like just the story of my life. So, <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that one. Me too. Hey, that makes sense because it's soul. such like the way that everything is is said in that song is very like simple and to the point but everyone like um like my girlfriend I she asked me to ask for this song to ask you because she's obsessed with it <laughs> <That's sweet. laughs> and, and um like Anique it's like I know it's your favorite it's my favorite so like all of us have just heard it and been like oh 
that just somehow says exactly what we haven't been able to express. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, thank you. Like a theme song for Enneagram Type Nine. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Exactly. We're all Type Nine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) That's so funny. Oh, thanks. I feel like people don't really. I feel like people sleep on that one. Honestly, I mean, everyone sleeps on every whatever. But yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for chatting. Thank this you. was lovely. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. And send me your music. I would love to hear it. 